0: I've taught classes in garages, once I taught a class in a bar. (laughs) The only trouble, the only trouble is they locked the place up, they all put all the whiskey and stuff behind that bar, you know, metal stuff and locked it all up. I thought, imagine they were afraid we'd go and drink it or something. But you know something, I've never taught a class in a bowling alley. Well, we have a man in the Way Ministry, a graduate of the Corps, who attended a class in a bowling alley. <laughs> there are all types of backgrounds in the Way Ministry. This man happens to be a medical technologist, a grad, of course, of the Fourth Corps. He's from Floral Park, New York, originally. <laughs> His background, of course, and his whole family and all his ancestors are Jewish. His father is an outstanding linguist and a teacher, and both of his parents are real blessed with the way ministry. He attended three years of college and got involved in music and other things. In February of 71, he took a class called Power for Abundant Living, and it started in a bowling alley. And in his first year in the Corps, in what we call the sign-up year, he was a branch leader for Brooklyn's and Queens. And then he entered the fourth Corps in residence in 73 with his wife, Lori. In his interim year, 74, 75, he was the Western Area Leader of North Carolina. And after he graduated from the Way corps in 76, he was a state WW coordinator in Michigan. Then he became limb leader of Michigan in 77, Midwest region leader in 78, ladies and gentlemen, Come on. Thank you. God
1: bless you. Please be seated. Well, God bless you and greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. I'd like to thank my heavenly father for the privilege of addressing such a wonderful body of saints. I'd like to thank my father in the word for the same privilege, Dr. Werwell. I've thought about this all day today. I thought, well, what would you, in, in a couple of words, how would you capsulize what you want to communicate to the saints of God? I thought of the words, the renewed mind challenge. It was truly to renew one's mind in our day and time, and any day and time is a challenge. It's a very great challenge, but it's got even greater rewards. And as followers of the way of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must determine to meet and rise above the challenge of the world and its God, and renew our minds to God's word. In Romans 12, too, the verse says, be not conformed or fashioned to this world, but in contrast... Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That ye may prove, that you may prove by test, by doing, by doing it and seeing the results, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renewing your mind puts you in the position of being able to prove by test the word and will of God because the renewed mind inspires and demands positive action upon God's word. That's why you will prove it. Because when you're a renewed mind, when you're hot on God's word, when you're ready to roll, it inspires you and it demands, that spirit of God welts up inside of you, it demands that you take action on the truth of God's word. The renewed mind or renewing the mind, you'll notice it's present participle for English majors out there. The renewing of the mind is an attitude of heart. That's where believing takes place. And renewed mind, believing is an attitude of heart which consistently proves God's word by the doing of it. You will consistently prove God's word by doing it. That's what renewed mind believing is all about. That's what it gets you to do. An attitude of heart, which consistently proves what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God because you will be doing it. When we do the word of God in love, in the love of God, God must bring the word that we stand upon to pass. Why? Because it's impossible for God to lie. God cannot, will not, it's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to fail at His word because He cannot lie. He is true, therefore, His word is true. The adversary, the God of this world, the devil, garners all the forces at His command, devil spirits, the census realm, to freak you out from doing God's word, like Kathy Larkner was sharing. He'll bombard your mind so that you won't renew it to do the word of God. Why? Because when you do it, God's got to bring it to pass. And the last thing the devil wants is the word of God to be brought to pass. That's his whole motivation, to undermine, rip apart the word of God from the minds and hearts of believers. His greatest weapon in accomplishing this is what Kathy talked about. What? Worst four-letter word I know. And I know a lot. (laughs) Maybe too many. (laughs) Fear is an automatic result of allowing the senses to take precedence over the word of God in your mind. It's automatic. When and where you allow the senses information, sensual stimuli, to take precedence over the greatness of God's revealed word in your mind, you will be in fear. It's a law. These things happen to us because it is a law. Ever, Ever hear that PFAL? Session one. Renewing your mind, renewing. Present participle, your mind, is a present action. It's a continuous action in the present, the continual now. Renewing your mind is a moment-by-moment decision to do and to think God's Word. You don't reach reach a renewed mind plateau. You arrive at karma. It's a continuous action in the present, the everlasting, eternal now of God's Word. And it's the moment-by-moment decision to do and to think the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, and only... The word. The son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was this perfect and acceptable will of God in the flesh. He was God's plan for the census man to see the fullness of God's will, right? Okay. By renewing his mind to what he was, and I want to tell you, you know, you think about what Jesus Christ had to do. You talk about witnessing. You go to a mall today. Can you imagine if Jesus Christ is around today? Walks into Wonder Mall and says, Hello, I am the son of God. I am the bread of life, no man comes unto the Father but by me, I am the way, the truth, and the life, etc., etc. They'll bring the men in little white suits and away goes Jesus Christ. Same thing, same thing. But by renewing his mind to what he was, what the Word of God said he was, what his Father said he was, he was able to prove that Word of God. Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may what? Prove. He, by the renewing of his mind to what the Word said about him, and he had to do it too, he did it perfectly, was able to prove the Word of God. And since he was the Word of God in the flesh, he proved his identity by the renewing of his mind. As we renew our minds to the Word of God, we also prove our true identity, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We prove what we are. You don't have to go around saying to somebody, I'm not in a cult. I'm not brainwashed. I'm not a vegetable. All you have to do is renew your mind to God's word and you will prove your true identity. And against the word, there is no body of law. There is no body politic. There is nothing that can, you know, even when the apostles wrote the miracles in Acts, truly that a notable miracle has been done to these men. It's known. Remember? We cannot what? Deny it. Same thing with the word of God. They can't deny the love of God that you manifest, the joy that you manifest, the peace. That's why you determine to renew your mind to God's word and prove your identity in action, in fruit. Jesus Christ is the greatest example that I know of in the word of God of the renewed mind victory walk with the heavenly father. Because he did it all. He did it to the hilt. He conquered the adversary's ultimate blow, death. His renewed mind challenge, remember this we're talking about, renewed mind challenge. His renewed mind challenge was to fulfill his ministry, which meant he had to go to Calvary, which meant he had to get nailed up there, which meant he had to give that life. And he had to believe that God was going to give it back to him. That was his renewed mind challenge. Not a, Your mission, Jesus, should you decide to accept it, <laughs> is to become Savior of the world. When you do it, I'll raise you from the dead. Our renewed mind challenge is to continue to carry on that ministry of reconciliation until his return as king of kings and lord of lords. Almost the same renewed mind challenge, except you've obtained mercy. 2 Corinthians 4 says you don't have to die. You don't have to die to carry out your ministry. But it's still a renewed mind challenge, you see. It's a challenge. And when you meet a challenge and surpass it and overcome, you feel good? Then you feel great. You know you won. Nothing can rob that from your heart. But see, we've got to give time. We've got to give God's word the necessary time to grow and take root deeply in our heart and life. Jesus Christ spent 30 years before he went out and began his public ministry, didn't he? Paul went three years out in the wilderness before he came back and started moving, remember? Our day and time, the urgency of the time, perhaps doesn't allow us to do that. But we've got a PFAL class that's laid out for you in 12 beautiful sessions, but you need to take time standing upon the greatness of God's word. Let it take root. Move it. God doesn't live you. God doesn't do this. God, it's not God. It's your believing. Give God a chance. How long to you do dope? How long did you screw around in your life? Well, give God that much time. You know, I, When I finally decided to give God some time, I said, God, I've been doing dope for six years. I'm giving you three months. If this is what you say it is, you got three months. I went to fellowship eight times a week, ran a couple of twigs in New York, and I want to tell you something, it didn't take three months, it took about two weeks and that was it. But I gave God the chance. Man, God deserves at least as much time as dope in your life or anything else, right? That's right. So you've got to give God time to work that word in your heart and life. Say, I call renewing the mind retraining the brain. You've got to retrain your brain. That's right. You've got to retrain your brain to function as God intended it to function when he made it. He did not make it to, you know, put acid in there, booze, dumb stuff. He made it to think it was designed. The human brain was designed by God to think truth and then to coordinate the physical body to act upon that truth. That's what the mind's all about. The renewing of the mind... The renewing of the mind enables you, like I said, to prove that word by doing it. And that's what the word's all about. And there's a chapter in in the Gospels, if you'll turn to Matthew chapter 14, one of my favorites on Renewed Mind, because it shows not only our Lord and Savior and his wonderful Renewed Mind walk, but the Renewed Mind challenges he went through in one particular day in his life and how he offered Renewed Mind challenges to the Big 12. I wonder what Peter took the class in. Peter, I'm glad Peter's in the Word. Makes me feel good. Crazy old fisherman, you know. We used to give standing ovations to an empty screen in that class that I took when it was over, you know. People were making out in the back rows and stuff. No kidding. It was a wild class. (laughs) Matthew chapter 14 is a day in the life of our renewed mind challenged Savior, Jesus Christ. It starts out. He hears that John the Baptist just got his head removed from his shoulders by Herod. John was the first man to walk for almost 400 years. He was Jesus Christ's second cousin. Jesus Christ, I'm sure, loved John. And he finds out John gets his head chopped off. Verse 13 When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. Privately, he went alone to pray. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. No press, no airplanes, no radio. They just word of mouth said, Jesus is going such and such in place. And they so knew that the power that Jesus Christ walked in, that that's where they wanted to be. Same thing with twig. People would be banging down your stupid doors to come into your twig. Hey, I hear Johnny Jump-ups in there teaching twig. It's Christ in him. I want to be there. It's the same thing. But again, the renewed mind challenge to prove the word by doing it. It'll get the people there. They'll see it. Anybody has got a half an ounce of brains is going to want what you've got. If you let them see it. Publicity. Walk what you've got. So all these people get out there, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude. Remember, he's trying to get alone to pray. So here's a renewed mind challenge. God, I'm trying to get alone to pray, and there's thousands and thousands of people out there. Peter, get them out of here. Renewed mind challenge. He renewed his mind to continue to do the will of God for those people who was moved with compassion toward them, and he what? Healed their sick. There's his answer to the renewed mind challenge of all these people. He's trying to get alone to pray. And when it was evening his disciples came to him saying, "This is a desert place." Jesus said, "Good boys, good eyes. It is a desert place and time is now past evening supper time. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals." So we get the word victuals from get themselves that's right, get themselves victuals. Must have been the apostle Jethro talking there. Get you some victuals, Jesus. But Here's another Renewed Mind Challenge. Jesus is busy doing the will of his Father. Here come the twelve saying, look, we're hungry, we're tired. Get rid of these at least 10,000 people over here. Send them away. And Jesus turns right around and says this Renewed Mind Challenge with a Renewed Mind Challenge to the twelve. They don't need to go away. You feed them. Now, remember at this time, the 12 had already been sent out and given power over all that. You know, they'd done a whole bunch of stuff. They'd heard about the wedding at Cana. They'd seen Jesus Christ do lots of crazy things, right? Lots of healings. They just spent all day watching him heal all the sick, right? So one would think they'd know he knew what he was talking about, but nope. They said, they said to him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. That's not enough to feed the 13 of us. How are we going to feed it? We don't have enough money to buy food for 10,000 people. Say, senses, senses, senses. They're bombarding his brain with sensual stimuli, saying, you can't do the Word. But, oh, Jesus Christ said, bring them over to me. He just took charge. Again, meeting the Renewed Mind Challenge, he commanded the multitude to sit down. He took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking into the mirror, he blessed. Oh, he's God, I thought. Did you ever think about that? Jesus Christ is God. He had to carry around a mirror every time he prayed. Father. <laughs> But he did not. I, can, <laughs> I think you can read it in black and white. Jesus Christ did not pull out a mirror from his robe. But looking up to heaven, therefore, there must have been something up there he was talking to. Unless God is a paranoid schizophrenic, which God must be if Jesus Christ is God. Right? <laughs> he did not pull out a mirror. He looked up in heaven. He blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and his disciples to the multitude. Here's these 12 crazy guys trying to figure this all out. He breaks off a little thing of bread and a little fish, and Peter looks at him and goes, (laughs) you know, what do you? So he starts moving this thing out here, and he keeps moving and moving and moving and moving and moving, and he's still got these loaves and these fishes. And they did all eat and were filled, play ra'o, you know, (laughs) filled to capacity is what the word is. They took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full of Eve, or whatever Randy Anderson says. 12 baskets full of leftovers, one for each of the 12, I guess. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Think about if you count just the men here, how many women and children you have besides. It was a crowd about this size. Think about it. Fed on five loaves and two fish. A little bit of a nice revelation, a manifestation of believing that he carried out. And I can just see the 12. Could you imagine this? Here's Peter and Andrew, you know, their brothers, James and John, their partners in the fishing business. And they're passing this out, and Peter's getting real excited. Oh, Andy, look, I still got fish. You still got fish. Yeah, I still got fish. And they're running through the crowd. This is unbelievable. And then they gives them the basket, and they're leftovers. We can eat too. Unbelievable. This is great. This is great. Could you just, and they're going through all this. I mean, they are passing out. They are collecting it. They're going through this. It's actually happening. This is an, unbelievable. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. I can understand that because they're so excited. Unbelievable. It's great. How do you do this? Wow. Peter, you want to get the guys going in the ship? Wow, this is great. Unbelievable. Peter, would you get the guys to get in the ship? Unbelievable how great this Peter! Get into the ship. That constraint, I can see it. It's neat. To go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. He started out early in the day to get aside to pray. How long do you think it says it takes to say goodbye to 15, 20,000 people? He just didn't say, So long, see ya. He probably sent him away, said goodbye, you know, you keep your trapdoor shut and all this other stuff. Whatever he did, he ministered to those people during that day and he sent them away. The apostles are rowing their boat gently down the stream. And when he had sent the multitudes away, Finally, I read this verse in this record and I go, (sighs) praise God, he's finally out there praying, which is what he wanted to do. He went up into that mountain a part of privately to pray. The Lord Jesus Christ spent time alone with the Heavenly Father to pray. Another renewed mind challenge. Because sometimes I think it's a challenge to just sit down and pray. Every day, morning and night, you ought to start your day in prayer. And not just perfect, just, not perfect prayer only. But just share your heart with God. Say, hey, Dad, what the heck do you care if the guy's standing at the red light with you is looking at you and scratching his head? Who's he talking to? It doesn't matter. You're talking to God. And you need to share your heart with your Heavenly Father via your understanding. Jesus Christ did it. He could not speak in tongues. So here he is. He's out there praying finally, and he was all alone. Praise God. You know, I want to tell you something else. Talk about Renewed Mind Believing. Jesus Christ, that entire day, he's starting out to, you know, take some time apart to pray. His heart was probably hurt and heavy with the death of John the Baptist. And you know what he did for that whole record? I went through it real fast. But he had to operate the manifestation of believing all day. Remember, virtue, dunamis has gone out of me. Do you think the man was tired? All day long he's operating the manifestation of believing, healing everybody. Then he gets the revelation to do the loaves and the fishes. He's got to operate the manifestation of believing while loaves twelve, because they sure weren't operating it. He's got to operate it while they're passing it out. He's got to operate it while they're gathering the leftovers. Amazing record that the man stood like that. And again, meeting a renewed mind challenge. So here he is. He's out there alone to pray. Praise God. The very next word, but the big 12 are out there again. The wild 12 reminds me of my first twig. man. Sorry, Jesus, that's it for you. The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, so the wind was contrary, a little storm on the sea of galley. And in the fourth night of the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, what? Walking on the sea. Now, again, a renewed mind challenge. Here's Jesus praying, he gets an answer. God says, Son, yes, dad. I want you to go to the twelve. Okay, Dad, where are they? They're in that ship over there and they're having a hard time. Great. How do I get there? Oh, I just walk. <laughs> Think about it. God had to somewhere along the line tell Jesus Christ to walk. Jesus Christ is not stupid. He knows when he was a little kid, he threw a little penny in the bathtub and watched it sink. He knew he weighed more than a penny. (laughs) But again, he rose to the nude mind challenge. God says, walk. He must be available. Boom, he's out there walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him, S-A-W, senses, Walking on the sea. Remember, this is just a few hours after the loaves and the fishes, after watching thousands healed by the power of God working in Jesus Christ, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. The Greek word phantasma, phantom. Go, it's like Casper, the phantom, it's a ghost. Remember, the eyes pop out of the head. It's a ghost. <laughs> and they cried out for what? Sense knowledge didn't make any sense. This can't be a man walking on the water. I'm afraid. Got to be a ghost. Jesus, again, a renewed mind challenge here. The stupidity of these guys. But he met the renewed mind challenge. Straightway, immediately, Jesus spake unto them, You idiots, you should all drown. (laughs) No. Again, the renewed mind challenge, building them, teaching them, his whole ministry, teaching and building, believing in those men to whom the outreach of the Word of God in the beginning of our administration was to be committed. Teaching them, he said, immediately he said, be of good cheer, it is I, be not, what? Afraid, renewed mind challenge, don't freak, it's me. And good old Peter, my buddy, answered him and said, Lord, since it's you, oh, what? If, was Peter convinced? Lord, if that's really you and not a ghost, I want you to bid me come under thee on the water. And Jesus Christ answered and said, You idiot! Who else would be out here? (laughs) Well, you just saw me go, Who else is going to be walking on the water? What's the matter with you, Peter? I'm sick of you. Forget it. And he turned around and walked away. (laughs) Renewed mind challenge. How am I going to deal with Peter? (laughs) Same thing for you twiggly as for any believer. It's every second in life is a renewed mind challenge. You either crumble under the pressure, succumb to the senses, or you stand up on God's word and say, "Look, I don't give a crap what you say. God's word is God's will. You want it? That's all you got to do. Everything in life is like that. Jesus never said that. I see the teacher, the love, the compassion for the weakness of the human mind, the natural man of the the natural the mind of natural man." And Jesus simply said, come on. All right, Pete, come. Didn't yell at him, didn't scream at him, just said, come on. And old Peter's getting a little bit believing here. He's building up. Strategy just walked out of the word of God, Jesus Christ spoke. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he what? Now, I know I'm coming out with a new book It's called Peter is not God. (laughs) That's right. No way can you tell me Peter was God. So just because somebody walks on water does not make him God. Of course, Peter was the first pope, so I don't know. Maybe popes can walk on water. Maybe J.P. II is going to do it when he comes here. (laughs) Hope he knows how to swim. (laughs) And he said, come, Peter went down, walked on water, go to Jesus. And Peter's doing great. But, but, but. And Peter was a big but. Many times. <laughs> but when he walked, S-A-W, senses, 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 he's doing great. When he looked around and he saw the wind was boisterous, he was walking on the waves. He was afraid and beginning to what? Uh, there's the renewed mind challenge, people. The will of God is for you to walk on the waters of life in any and every situation. The will of the devil is to drown you in them. The only answer is to stand on God's word, looking only unto the word, only unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. The devil's will is to drown you in the concerns, the pleasures and the pressures of life. God says, look, you walk right on top of them. Look, if, if you were in the Titanic, would you have appreciated the ability of walking on water? Yeah. Okay. Well, look, life is like a Titanic. You're always hitting icebergs many times. But God says, "The heck with the icebergs. Walk over them. Fly over them. That's not a delusion. That's not a sickness. That's not a weak mental attitude. That's a positive attitude. That takes guts to stand up and believe that, doesn't it? When everything you've ever been taught, everything you've ever experienced, everything anybody has ever told you has been, you can't. And God says, you can. There's a big difference. I think the I can do attitude is the victory life. That's God's will to walk on the waters of life, not succumb to them. And he cried and finally got some smart and said, Lord, save me. (laughs) And Jesus Christ met this renewed mind challenge, saying, drown, you idiot. I've had it with you. First you think I'm a ghost, then you bother me about walking on the water, then you don't even do that right. You can drown, the rest of you can go drown, I'm going to find 12 new ones. Jesus Christ never quit on his people and he because he never quit on the word that's why that's why Dr. World puts up with what he puts up with look I know Gnosko from personal experience <laughs> at least in my own life what he's had to put up with just see me when I first got here Woo! I'll never get it I must have demolished half of the equipment I used but he never quit on me because he never quits on the word Same thing with Jesus Christ. If you don't quit on the word, you won't quit on God's people. You won't quit on yourself. You'll give God the renewed mind time. So that word will take root in your heart and grow. So what happened in verse 31? Jesus didn't waste a second. Immediately he stretched forth that hand. And what happened? That's right. Immediately. You see, and that's the way I look at us. Here we are, all these great, wonderful, mighty believers walking on the waters of life. There's drowning people all around us. And all you've got to do is reach out a hand behind which is the hand of Christ and say, hey, come on up. Come on up. That's what witnessing's all about. Saving a soul, drowning from the waters of life. You just reach out that hand behind. Your hand is the hand of Christ. All the power of the resurrection say, hey, grab on, buddy. You don't need to drown. And I want to tell you I'm thankful to God somebody did that for me. You know, there's a man sitting in this tent tonight that I used to live with. Matter of fact, Joe Fair and Paul Cuoco and myself used to live in, you know, ECU had its way home. Brooklyn had its wayward home. I don't know what we had. Before we were in the Word, we were definitely someplace else. And we got, they got, they took the class, we'd all moved out, they took the class, they witnessed to me, I finally took the class. And we. Last time I saw this man was seven years ago. And we just witnessed, to him, get Romans 10:9, Romans 10 9, and you're possessed, all this other great stuff. We were so wise. That was it, didn't believe, he walked away. I haven't seen that man for seven years. I saw him at the opening day, a rock of ages, with a WW red armband on, and he's going into family court. He got born again. <laughs> He's a P.F.A.L. grad. <laughs> but I thought about that. As little as we knew, we still reached out the hand of Christ to someone who was drowning. It took seven years, but he finally grabbed onto the hand and now he's extending his hand to others as a W.O.W. ambassador. The greatest renewed mind challenge in our day and time that I know of is a W.O.W. service. The only way to go and grow is to be a wow. Man, you learn more walking on those waters. And you might slip and get your knees wet once in a while. Some of you might even get it up to your chin (laughs) before you say, Lord, save me, and get back to God. But at least you're out there trying to grab those poor idiots that are drowning. And I want to tell you, God loves you for it. And God's got rewards in heaven for you. Don't ever forget it. And when he he caught him up, you know, and they got back to the ship so Jesus... Either had to carry Peter on his back, or Peter had to walk on the water back to the ship. He looked at him and said, not cuttingly, not sarcastically, not bitingly, but, "Oh, thou little believing Peter, you had it, man. You're on top of that water. You were doing it. Why did you doubt?" I think about how many times God looks down at me and says, Dubovsky, what the hell's wrong with you? Why did you doubt?" See, but it's a compassionate thing. It's a loving thing. That's not beating him over the heads. Man, you had it, Peter. Why'd you doubt? Great teaching, another renewed mind challenge. You could have got mad at him again, but teaching, teaching, teaching all the way through. And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. That probably blew their mind too. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, the twelve, saying, Of a truth, thou art God. Oh, sorry. Must have been the Trinitarian translation. Of a truth, thou art what The Son of God, the result of Jesus Christ's renewed mind victory walk was that everybody, he proved the word, everybody knew, even the stubborn twelve. You see, and they'd seen all these things, they'd done themselves, but they still had not had enough renewed mind time, see? You see what I'm saying? It took, took time for that. They were with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And it didn't work for them until the day of Pentecost when they stood up and spoke in tongues. And boy, did they know it then. That's what changed their life and changed them from being full of fear to men of boldness and great power and conviction. Of a truth, that's the result of your renewed mind victory walk. See, that word of a truth is the Greek word alethos. It's translated lots of different ways, like truly, in truth, of a truth, of a surety, verily, very, indeed. That's how it's used. And it's, the, it's the, an adverbial form, an adverb form of the word alethes. A-L-E-T-H, long E-S. And a lay face is used in the word of God translated true or truth. And a lay face in the Greek means something that is manifest, unconcealed, evident, wide open. Everybody can see it. That which is a lay face, that which is true in this Greek word is something whose appearance, the appearance of that thing, is not just a big show. Look at me, I'm the big cheese, I'm the big show. I renew my mind, kiss my foot. It's not merely a show, but it's really what it appears to be. It is what it appears to be. That which is a lay face, that which is true, this Greek word, is something whose word, whose utterance, whose speech agrees with the reality of God's word, and doesn't conceal it. It does. If you agree with the word of God, dirt it, then stand up and shout it. Don't conceal it. It doesn't conceal the truth of God's word when it agrees with it, with hypocrisy and the mushy mouth, mealy mouth, stupid smother love, inaction of denominational religion. How's that? That sounds good. (laughs) It doesn't conceal it with hypocrisy and all the fake stuff. It acts on the word of God. Truly, we are sons of God with power. They knew it. How did they know? Man, they watched the healings. They watched the miracles. They participated in it themselves. They saw him walk on water. They saw him bring Peter back. They saw the storm cease, and they finally said, Truly, indeed, of a surety beyond any shadow of a doubt, You're the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Finally, they still didn't believe it then either, but you see, truly we are sons of God. The renewed mind, key to power, that's what the year is all about. Truly we're sons of God. It's up to us now. We take the place of the absent Christ. Don't you see it? It's Christ in you. It's, un- it's indescribable, not unbelievable. Indescribable. Indescribably delicious. You see, we are what the word of God says we are. We are, what the, whether you believe it or not, you are spiritually. And we are what the Word of God says we are. We've proved it by test. You know, I know He's best. i proved by test. I know He cares for me. Ever seen that song? Proved by test. That's that word proved in Romans 12 too. We've proved by test. How? Why? Because we've done it. We've done what the Word says to do. We are what the Word of God says we are. And we know it because we've done what the Word of God says to do. And that ought to be our renewed mind Victory! cry of triumph in this renewed mind year. Look, you don't go around saying we're not a cult, we're not this, we're not that. Walk, darn it. Renew your mind. Stay put. Because against the fruit of the Spirit, that is an inevitable result of your renewed mind, victory walk. There is no law. There is no mouth. There is no rap. There's no crap. There's nothing else. There's nobody that can nail you when you stand on God's word. That's right. So, that's our cry of triumph. We are sons of God. We are sons of God. In this renewed mind year, let that be our victory cry, our battle cry, our call to arms. We're sons of God. We are what the word of God says we are. We do what the word of God says to do. And I'll tell you something. When we do that, the world will be forced to say of the way believers, of a truth, these are the sons of God. Truly, these are the sons of God. I'd like to have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you with all the love in our hearts that you are our almighty God and our Father, that when we stand upon your word, we shall absolutely prove it by test. We shall absolutely let all flesh know that we are sons of the living God, for we will carry on the ministry of your son, Jesus Christ. We'll do the things he did in greater. And Father, we thank you for all your help and guidance in this renewed mind here so that we can walk the walk of power, bring your healing, your love, your grace and mercy to all who sit in darkness, to all who are drowning in the waters of life, that we may extend the hand of Christ and pull them up. We thank you, Father, that we can bring victory to all people, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our wonderful Lord and Savior. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Thank you.
0: I told you it isn't important who teaches the Word just as long as what is taught. And tonight you've seen a waycore girl and a waycore man teaching the greatness of God's Word. That's why I know this ministry is going to live, because of the Word, people. That's right. (laughs) A number of years ago, I had a Lutheran minister say to me in Van Wert, he said, Dr. Weirwill, he said, if I, he didn't call me doctor, he called me Mr. Weirwill, like somebody else does downtown. But I was ordained once back in 41, and uh, I did earn my degree. But he, he said to me, Mr. Weirwill, he said, if I asked God for what you ask him for, I'd feel I was condemned because, he said, I'd be embarrassed to ask my God for little things like you ask him for. And I looked him straight in the eye and I said, Sir, if my God was as small as yours, I'd get me a new God. You see, sometimes people get upset because we talk to God as our father, we talked to him as our daddy. Well, look, I had an earthly father and I called him daddy. My heavenly father is closer than that. And here they are to play. My daddy wrote me a letter. Take it away, boy. <laughs>
2: If, if I ask you Ephesians every day, the greatest of them all Olympians, Colossians, keeps me on the ball